by Riverside. Welcome everybody in to Garage Take Season 3, Episode 12. Joined here by my co-host, Brant. Hey, make sure if you have not done so already that you like, subscribe, follow the podcast, leave us a five-star review, positive comment goes a long way. We would also greatly appreciate it if you could hop on our YouTube channel and hit that subscribe button as well. Um, the YouTube channel has been, been really popping off lately, so we would greatly appreciate those of you that have been loyal followers and listeners of the show over the last few years to hop over to that YouTube channel and hit the subscribe button. Brant, I want to welcome you in. How are you doing tonight? Doing fantastic, Dave. Uh, as always, good to see you. Good to hear you. Yes, yes, yes. Well, hey, we've got to uh, we, we've got to talk a little college football. There was a game that happened in East Lansing this past weekend. Um, well, it's also uh, some some stuff to talk about around the Michigan football program, and uh, the Lions played kind of in a football game this this past weekend, if you want to call it that. So uh, a mixed bag of things, if you will. But uh, man, let's uh, let's not waste any time here. Brant, let's start right in East Lansing. Michigan comes in and did what I think a lot of people thought were going to happen. Um, maybe not. I mean, it is a rivalry game. Historically, Michigan State has put up a really good fight, a really good game against Michigan. Uh, 49-0. If you're a Michigan fan, you love to get that shutout. You loved every minute of it, like I did, like I know you probably did as well, Brant. But Brant, your, your takeaways from this game. Dave, it's pretty simple. One team was really good and one team isn't very good. And um, it's got a lot to do with uh, the players on the field, uh, plain and simple. And if you think it's got to do with anything else, I know we're going to get into that in a little bit. Um, but it's really not. It comes down to these are better players. There are better coaches uh, on the Michigan staff. And, uh, I mean, what did you want from Hauser? I mean, you put him in a really tough spot at home. That defense for Michigan State is not very good. Obviously, one of their best players coming out after the game declaring that he's going to transfer, he's not going to play the rest of the year. I mean, that's just where this program is right now. It's in disarray. Um, it's not even Rutgers level. Uh, Rutgers is clearly a better program right now than a, a team like Michigan State. And they're hurting very badly. And so I would just say this, Dave. Michigan going into the new world in 2024 is set up to make the college football playoff Almost every single year. If you gave me 10 years and they made it 9 out of 10, that would be my standard for Michigan football moving forward uh, with a 12-team playoff. Uh, for Michigan State, if you told me they made it there at once, maybe twice, I would say that's probably their standard, Dave. Yeah, I mean, all right. My my takeaway from this game was, play, I mean, Plain and simple, it, th this was a a dominant game from from Michigan. Uh, I'm not going to harp on Michigan State. Not going to kick them while they're down right now. Um, I will say that uh, the JJ McCarthy factor at the University of Michigan is in 
full steam ahead right now. J.J. McCarthy leads the entire country right now as the Heisman favorite, um, which is kind of crazy when you think about it. I mean, for a couple of reasons. First, sure, what's the first thing people are going to say? Well, they haven't played anybody. Okay, that's a that's a fair point. Um, the other thing to note is J.J. McCarthy only plays about two to two and a half quarters a game. So most of his resume is built in about a half. So take that for what it is. But if you just watch this kid, he is, and, and I think I said this last week, or maybe it was two episodes ago, I forget. I mean, I think a lot of people are saying it. I think the success of this specific team falls on the shoulders of uh, J.J. McCarthy. Brant, the run game has not been dominant. It's been good. Uh, it certainly was not dominant against Michigan State. Michigan State had a game plan to, to stop the run. We saw Ohio State do the same thing last year. It doesn't work. J.J. McCarthy can throw the ball. It's kind of like the Lions daring Lamar Jackson to throw, and we saw how that went. Um, I, I just think that if J.J. is connecting and firing on all cylinders like we saw Saturday night, this is going to be a, a very, very tough Michigan team to to beat. And they're sound on every end, in every end of the ball, really. I mean, I, I don't... I don't know what else there is to say. I mean, I, Brant, clearly, if they did, if they were not stealing signs, I'm guessing they lose by 35, but they were stealing signals and uh, 49-0 later. So um, I say that facetiously, but I, but I got to go there next because I don't want to make light of the situation. I really don't. I mean, these, this is serious stuff that, that Michigan is – once again in the in the spotlight right now, and for all the wrong reasons, they're uh, accused of having a a member of their staff, um, a low paid member of their staff, makes like fifty grand a year from what I've read, who has allegedly either been attending future uh, future opponents' games or sending people to attend those games. He's definitely purchased tickets from what you've read from the NCAA, 30, 40 tickets to get, uh, you know, a, a game or something crazy like that. And the, and the allegations are that uh, he is getting signals from the other team and potentially or allegedly passing that on to the Michigan coaching staff and has been doing so dating back to the, the 2021 season when Michigan first got over the hump and beat Ohio State. Brant, what do you make of all of this? Dave, it's it's easy for me to say that I don't care. Um, but I've had a couple days to digest this now. And I, I don't want to take the easy way out, but I really just, it's hard for me to get up and be like, yeah, this seems like a huge thing to me. Um, I think the most telling thing about this, Dave, right now is, this is the first time I've seen a lot of just national media slash other coaches come to the defense of Jim Harbaugh or Michigan, for example. It's just really strange to me like that none of these other coaches has, have kind of said, yeah, uh, put my name on that. I would like to be the one that buries Jim Harbaugh with the NCAA. That's not what happened. And Greg Schiano came out today and said, my halftime speech was nothing but more than about the officials. He could have easily said, yeah, I said what I said, and I'll leave it at that. But he specifically cited that it had nothing to do with Michigan's allegations. I think that speaks to a larger issue here, Dave, of I don't think anybody wants anybody coming sniffing around their program, and probably for good reason. 
If you think that Connor Stallions is some sort of genius, he's not. Actually, most people would probably argue he's pretty stupid uh, for the way that he left his paper trail out there and everything like that. Um, that also speaks to me like, yeah, if it was some sort of big operation, somebody in that Michigan football program would have been like, yeah, you've got to stop this now. Like, you can't just, if you want to go do this, this is not how you do it. Like, this is not a smart idea. Don't be Venmoing people publicly, um, for one thing. And, uh, you know, it's, it's just so many missteps by him that it seems like he maybe acted like a lone wolf and just decided that, Hey, I'm going to come up with all these things and I hope they're going to use my stuff. Uh, whether they use this stuff or not, Dave, I don't know. And I doubt the NCAA ever finds out if that actually did happen or not. I think they're pulling at straws here, but I think they, the NCAA has already accomplished what they wanted to. They wanted to drag Harbaugh through the mud again. They wanted to drag Michigan through the mud again. And so as far as I'm concerned, their job is already done here. The media leaks is an embarrassment upon the NCAA. They don't care. Michigan hasn't had a chance to respond yet. Probably smart. Lawyers probably telling them, don't get in the mud with them. Just keep playing football. They're not going to stop you from playing football. I highly doubt they will ever. They don't have the goal to take two Big Ten championships away from this team. That's not going to happen. Like, I'm I'm 100% sold on that's not going to happen. Now, <laughs> this is where it gets kind of messy for me, Dave. Do we get an answer in two years? Do we get an answer in four years? Is it the Bill Self, Adidas, Fuds, wiretap thing? In six years, they get an answer. And guess what happened to Bill Self? He won six championships in that time, and they'll never vacate a win for it. Like, these are just real case scenarios that I'm laying out that nothing has ever happened. So before anybody gets all up in arms about this, I just would like to say, take a big old chill pill because I think this once again is just the NCAA shooting their shot at Harbaugh and good for them because Michigan did make a mistake. I believe that. I, I think they are at fault here. Um, I, I, that's, that's about all I have to say on it. Dave. I don't have much more to add. Um, I, I, I will say, yeah, if if just just like the other stuff, man, the cheeseburger gate, whatever you want to call it, if you did something wrong, it was against the rules and you knowingly did it, well, you're going to face consequences. That's just it. I, I don't know. We'll have to see how this plays out this year, next year. Do they couple this in with the other ongoing investigation brand of Jim Harbaugh? I think that this is... This is the NCAA's way of I, I I firmly believe that they went looking. That that's the that's the first thing. I think if the NCAA went looking into any top tier program in America, you're gonna find something. You just are. That is not earth shattering or a hot take. You are. Every single program, you're gonna find this. Brand, it's interesting, like you said, coaches and prominent figures in college sports are surprisingly coming to the defense of Jim Harbaugh in Michigan. Harbaugh is not the most uh, likable guy in, in, in the world. So I do find that interesting. Um, I think that they are at fault too, like you said. Uh, I, I do just think that this comes back to this hunt against Harbaugh in Michigan. And so like I'll just leave it at this. If the NCAA wants to go looking and searching for, for something, they're going to find it in every top-tier program. Brant, 
there's a lot of other top-tier programs that have done a lot of bad things. And I'm not excusing Michigan from this, but the NCAA turns the other way. Because what they don't know or what they pretend not to know doesn't hurt them and continues to bring in money and it continues to 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 feed that uh that revenue. And I, I just think that this is a personal thing against Michigan. I, I, I really do. So take it for what it is. Do I think something happened where there's smoke, there's fire? If it looks like a duck and it quacks like a duck, it's probably a duck and there's probably some uh some truth to all of this. I just find it very, very interesting, the the timing of, of, of all of this. Go ahead. You can finish up, and then we'll, we'll hop into the Would You Rather segment. The only thing else I want to touch on is you beautifully laid out the revenue piece, which I have to hit on for just a second, because if you think for one second that the Big Ten or the NCAA is going to go to Fox or NBC or CBS and say, hey, we're ripping Michigan games from you guys, and you're going to have lost revenue on that. They're going to look at them, and they're going to say, the hell you are. You will not be doing that this year until this is spoken about. There is not a chance Michigan will have a game ripped from them this year, and they will see this year out. I can guarantee you that. And I highly doubt anything happens in 24 as well. And I'll just leave it at that, Dave. All right, Brand. I don't have much to add beyond that. Um, you put together a little "Would You Rather" segment for us around college football. Before we get into the the Lions, I will kick it over to you, Dave. You got me all fired up there. Wow. All right, let me uh, settle back in here. Uh, so I did a little college football "Would You Rather," and um, let's just have some fun with this because outside of all the Michigan stuff, there was a fantastic weekend of college football. Um, Outside of the slaughtering in, slaughtering in East Lansing. So, um, would you rather, Dave, would you rather be Lincoln Riley at USC or James Franklin at Penn State? I'm sorry. Cue the laughs. Look, Brant, would I rather be Lincoln Riley or, or James Franklin? Um, I wouldn't want to be James Franklin. I'll just start. I'll start there. James Franklin is a perennial I and, and I understand I'm what I'm about to say this is before Michigan has to go and play them so I'm pro- hopefully I don't eat my words here in a in, in a matter of a couple of weeks. James Franklin is just the perennial like we've got a real team this year and they just cannot get it done. Now Brant, they competed with Ohio State. The defense looked good. The offense was was not good. The offense, Brant, I think you said it on the the podcast or you at least texted it to me. Before the game, they look better with Sean Clifford. They do as it stands today. Um, the running game was working against Ohio State, and they went away from it. The, the game plan did not make sense. James Franklin, once again, gets caught sitting on his hands, can't get it done. Um, you can get close, but it wasn't good enough. And, you know, once again, Penn State just, just can't get it done. And I just don't – I don't see any – moments in James Franklin in James Franklin's career where I'm like dude this guy's like he he's the real deal like if anything I watch Penn State every year have these good teams year in and year out and they just can't get it done so um certainly wouldn't want to be James Franklin and on the flip side of that Lincoln Riley look you got the best uh quarterback in America allegedly right like <laughs> He has not killed Williams as as his Heisman hopeful uh, campaign is starting to take a nosedive a bit. USC, 
Brant, how do you go from last year and knowing what USC had when they had Jordan Addison, all these guys, and you're like, dude, they are just a few competent defensive players away from being a powerhouse nobody wants to play. And what did Lincoln Riley manage to do in the offseason? He managed to like get worse or stay the same defensively. Um, and I don't get it. Like I, I, I don't know. I don't know what he's doing. I don't know what he was thinking when he put this team together. Truthfully, I think he was like, "All right, let me bring Caleb Williams from Oklahoma with me. Let's get that Jordan Addison transfer, and like we're gonna win a championship because we're just nobody can stop us." Well, Brant, you need to give up over thirty points to Utah's backup quarterback, like. Dude, all right, they're Caleb Williams now 0-3 versus Utah. Wouldn't want to be either of these guys. Um, both of them should 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 be embarrassed. I'll leave it at that. What about you? Wow, you're not even gonna take a side. Wow. Fickle pickle Dave. Nice man. All right. I'll I would rather be uh James Franklin. And let me just I'll go with Lincoln Riley's had a broken defense his entire career. Even when he had Oklahoma, he had broken defenses. Um, and he had, who, Dave? Kyler Murray, Baker Mayfield, uh, Jalen Hurts. Like, are you kidding me? And you still couldn't win a playoff game? That is a problem. Um, and I think the main problem outside of the defenses, Dave, well, oh, I didn't even mention Caleb Williams, did I? Jeez, OPs. He's had four, now would be basically uh, – number one overall draft picks like I know Jalen Hurts wasn't I guess but you're gonna pretty much say three overall number one draft picks and you can't win the playoff game the defense is broken he continues to drag around Alex Grinch everywhere he goes on the flip side James Franklin he feels like he's a Caleb Williams away and he I think he thought he had that with Drew Aller even though the tape told me Dave and I told you that this isn't right yet. It's it's not good enough yet. It's not good enough to go into Ohio State and win. Now, don't get me wrong. Ohio State didn't look great by any means outside of their defense, but that game always looked like it was impossible for Penn State to win because of their offense and, and their offensive identity, which should be running the ball, but James Franklin can't figure out that he's got two of the top ten backs in the NCAA for whatever reason. I don't, I don't know, but – uh, he continues to to just shoot himself in the foot. I mean, it's embarrassing at this point for James Franklin, but at least he's got a guy like Manny Diaz who has that defense humming. And while they can't get over the hump of Michigan and Ohio State, Dave, I like their future in a 12-team playoff as well more than I like USC's chances right now because when you take that crappy defense – into the Big Ten, it's going to get demolished. I mean, Iowa could potentially score 21 points, and I guarantee <laughs> USC might not score on Iowa. Like, it's crazy to think, but to go into, like, a cold Iowa night game, Dave, it's going to be difficult for a team like USC and Lincoln Riley. So give me James Franklin's future. Okay. Yeah, uh, so let's move on to the next Would You Rather who would you rather see in a CFP game, Dave, if you're Michigan and Jim Harbaugh? Michigan versus Georgia or Michigan versus Washington? 
who would I rather see like for enjoyment purposes of watching a game or like who who's the, the better matchup if I'm a Michigan fan? If you had to pull one of these two teams in a final four to get to the national championship, who would you rather play? I'd still rather play Washington. I would. And and Washington, look, they 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 looked they were in trouble for the first time this season against a horrible Arizona, a one-win Arizona State team. Um, they looked beatable. Now, they didn't get beat, and these games happen even to great teams. They just do. Um, so I'm not, I'm not, uh, I'm not hammering Washington here. Michael Penix Jr. is the last quarterback in America that I want to play right now. If I'm being honest, I once again, and I and I know. This is just such, I feel like this is every week, just a lame take on on Georgia, but Georgia is the juggernaut. They are. And until I see somebody beat Georgia, I'm going to continue to say, like, I don't, do I want to play them, though? I do. Like, I I guess I should say that. I do want to play them. I really do, because I want Michigan to go through that gauntlet to say that they beat Georgia on their way to a national championship. But as it stands right now, Washington, just honestly, off this past week, I'm like, okay, they 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 can have hiccups too, and I think from a a full team standpoint, I think Georgia is just more put together. Although Washington, look, I mean, they only put up 15 points. That's with Michael Penix Jr. and some future NFL wide receivers, so they can be slowed down. We 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 clearly saw that. So I would rather play Washington. What about you, Dave? You know another lame take. Who have they played? Who have they played? I just, I get so sick of this. Michigan, who have you played? Georgia, who have you played? Yeah, we get it, man. Whoever's on the schedule is on the schedule. And guess what? They are chopping teams' heads off. 49-0 to zero on the road, beating teams by 40-plus points every single time they go out. Now, I guess that's the same reason that the AP voters continue to vote Georgia and Michigan above a team like Ohio State who just took care of Penn State. So I would have to lean with you as well. There's something about Georgia that just screams, if you're in a dogfight with them, they're going to continue to punch you, man. And like you better have the depth to go with Georgia. I don't think Washington has that depth. They don't roll in linemen, linemen in, linemen out. I mean, we've already seen Michigan and Georgia their defensive lines get rotated out almost on a down basis, Dave. It's not a series basis. It's a down basis. They have third down packages. Like, if you plan on going four quarters with Georgia or Michigan, you better have the depth. And I don't think that Washington has quite the depth right now. Now, Michael Penix can put, like, 21, 28 points on you in a hurry. So you do need to be ready in your secondary for that. But I think if you can get off the get off the ball and, and dominate their offensive line, then you'll be just fine. So I will lean with you on the Georgia one, Dave. Um, last, would you rather – who would you rather hire for MSU, Dave? Urban Meyer or Chip Kelly? Now, I am going to give you the caveat. If you get Chip Kelly, you also get Dante Moore. Well, Dante Dante Moore has not. I mean, he's a true freshman. He has not had some crazy like season so far. 
that you're like, okay, he is the five-star kid. I know I was super bummed about him when he didn't get to Michigan and all of that, but he hasn't, I mean, Brant, I think they benched him this past week when I, when I turned that over. I, I'm not sure if he got hurt or what, but I'm, I'm pretty sure he got benched, didn't he? Yeah, he did, but um, he's had ups and downs, Dave. But I think that no matter what you get out of him, you're going to get a three-year starter, basically. Absolutely, absolutely. And, he, and he's a true freshman. That that being said, um, Chip Kelly, I don't see getting it done. Um, Urban Meyer, as dirty as he is, if I'm a state fan and I see the name Urban Meyer come through, and I and I think about my biggest game each year is to beat the University of Michigan, and who's done that better than Urban Meyer? Nobody. Um, and so that would excite me if I'm a Michigan State fan. Um, what excites me as a Michigan fan is to just, I mean, you talk about the the cloud over that program right right now. Um, and it's not just Michigan State. Clearly, Michigan has their own cloud. But just with so much stuff around the university as a whole, the Urban Meyer thing just, it does not make sense. From a football standpoint, winning games, uh, sure, Um I do. I don't think there's anybody better for the job when you just look at a, a resume alone. But with Urban Meyer comes a whole lot of headaches. And it's not been one or two things. It's been every single place he has ever been. And it's not just one thing. It's multiple things. And if you're Michigan State and you're the board of trustees and you're the athletic director and you're trying to clean up an image and I don't know how you go that direction to Urban Meyer. But if they do somehow, that is going to say a lot. Or There's some major donors in in their back pockets right now saying, you do whatever you take to bring this guy in. I don't care about any of that. I want to win football games. And Brant, if that's the case, okay, lace them up. Let's go. Like, that's going to be an exciting thing to see Mich- or, uh, Jim Harbaugh co- uh, coach against Urban Meyer, if Jim is still here, I guess I should say that, um, in Michigan battle against Michigan State. So I would take Urban Meyer. What about you? Dave, I'm going to slightly lean with you too, but I thought I could entice you with the Dante Moore because I know you're a Dante Moore fan. Um, I did actually just look that up, and they did say he was banged up. But uh, it, it kind of felt like if he had to play, they could have played him type deal. However, um, Chip Kelly's actually a great coach. Like, I know that he gets kind of lost in the uh, fray of uh, college coaches right now and stuff like that. But, I mean, UCLA, 5-2, and two, they're on a roll. They're a fine program right now. I think Chip is actually probably happy in California. Uh, I mean, he's getting recruits. I mean, he's doing just fine. He's going to be coming into the Big Ten anyway. Uh, so why would you supplant yourself to go there, I guess, um, when you can have uh, the backyard of a Southern California instead of trying to recruit Michigan and then trying to go head-to-head against Ohio for Ohio kids, uh, against Ohio State, I should say. Um, just that seems pointless. Uh, so I, I would lean for Urban Meyer if I was Michigan State as well. And Dave, you said all the gross, greasy things about Urban Meyer that needed to be said. The one thing that I will say is to walk in and immediately take your program to the next level, that would happen. It would have the Dion effect. It would have the Jim Harbaugh effect. It would immediately get you to bowl eligibility. I, I would say that. I think no matter what kind of roster you have, 
Urban Meyer's offense is probably good enough to get it done uh, against, you know, well, I guess I'm, I'm saying this year's Big Ten, potentially not next year's Big Ten. I don't know for sure that he would just waltz in and go to a bowl game, but I, I feel pretty confident that he could pull it off. Um, so I would also lean Urban Meyer. All right, Brant, let's shift out of college football here and let's get over to the Lions. I want to remind everybody, first of all, to go ahead and hit that subscribe button right now if you're watching this on YouTube. Brant, the Lions got absolutely embarrassed this past weekend, okay? There's no other way to put it, 38-6. to It was never close. Um, in games like this, it seems like there's nothing to take from it because it seemed all bad. I don't know what actually went right when you go back and, and look at the tape. Dan Campbell will be the first to say he feels like, it was good for this team, and he clarified and says it's not good that they lost, but that he wants to see how they'll respond if they're getting hit in the face like they just did, and he thinks his guys are up for it, and of course that's what he's going to say, but I mean, the one thing you know about Dan Campbell, he doesn't just give coach speak, he knows these guys in the locker room, Jared Goff said the same thing, but Brent, I want to take you through a little uh, something or nothing segment, okay, and what I mean by that is, look, Clearly, the Lions just got destroyed by, by the Ravens. But I want to know, because what happens when these when these kind of games happen, people start to overreact, right? And um, and maybe, maybe some people are not reacting enough. Maybe there are things to actually be concerned about here. But I want to know your thoughts around a few things. So, Brant, I want to I want to start right right out of the gate. Do the Lions need to make a trade right now? Like, do they need are they missing some top tier talent to truly make a run this year is that something or is it nothing because it feels like although they are deep although this is brad holmes team and brand we've we've slapped the table on on all of that stuff i'm wondering if are they missing a piece or two that they should push all their chips in this year and go ahead and make a move for for a top tier guy yeah dave i think it's pretty obvious right now um James Houston, they are missing him really bad right now. Uh, they are not getting the pressure that they need to get on. Lamar Jackson had his way all day long, and it was it was very apparent that James Houston was was missing last week. And um, you know, it puts the defense into bad spots when you can't get pressure from both edges. And so I think that if they were to push all their chips in. Um, you know, you get that late first round pick, maybe you're able to flip it for something. I don't think you're going to be able to land a guy like Chase Young. I know that was kind of the hope at the beginning of the year, but there's not to say that there aren't options out there for Brad Holmes to go get. And, um, if I had to, if I had to pick a spot right now for them to go ahead and grab, I would ask for them to go get a defensive end, Dave. I don't know where you fall on that. It's something though. Well, well, yeah, well, that's actually where I want to lead into next. So I let, let's start there on the, on the defensive, uh, the defensive line. It seems like to me, Brant, that, I mean, obviously you've got a, you've got a star in, in Aiden Hutchinson. He's still a, a second year guy. I think we tend to forget this D line seems they're deep. They rotate a lot of guys in, but I'm wondering, do they like, is it something or is it nothing? Do they need a star this year to make this an elite D-line? Or can they use the Kaminsky and get James Houston back and and like 
can they make this work? Isaiah Bugs, like, can they make this work? Or do they legitimately need to go make a, make a trade? Like, I don't know if Chase Young is available. I mean, the commanders aren't necessarily out of the, the NFC East conversation, but do you think it's worth dropping uh, or Burns or whoever? Like, is it worth dropping a, a first, second, third round pick on one of these guys? Is this the year to go ahead? And is that the move, I guess, to bolster that D-line out of all the, the other priorities? Because, I mean, we can talk outside cornerback. We can talk about wide receiver. We can talk about running back, potentially. Like, is that D-line the, the priority right now? Absolutely. I, I don't know, Dave where Derek Barnes fits right now. He seems to be kind of a lost man without a cause. Um, you know, he, he's tried the edge. He's kind of tried linebacker. He, he's just kind of, he, he has games where if you have a pocket passer, he's more effective. But Lamar just torched everybody on that defensive line, Dave. Uh, you know, they, they want to rush the quarterback. They want to get after the quarterback. And that left so many running lanes for Lamar to get to. And, and I think we're starting to see a trend. We talked about Geno Smith not being exactly a running quarterback. We know that, Dave. You and I are not stupid. But he is what you would call a mobile quarterback. And he kind of had his way against the Lions' defensive line. And that's the same thing we saw Lamar do. Now, Lamar did it at a, such a higher clip and a more embarrassing clip because the team was bad all around. The offense saved them in the Seahawks game. The offense had no answers on Sunday. And I think it was just a glaring issue, Dave. And of course you're going to have stinkers, Dave. I talked about it last week, right? I said, this is a bad spot for the Lions. I took the Ravens uh, minus the three points. And, And that's just because that was a hard spot for the Lions to go into. But I think if you're coming away from this thinking that the Lions have a solid D line right now, it feels more of middle of the road. And why not go all in when your secondary feels a little middle of the road? Well, Brant, let's go there next. So, I mean, I think Lions fans have about had enough of Will Harris. And Cam Sutton, I love Cam Sutton. And he can be your, your you know, your corner, your top cornerback. But if he's your top cornerback and on the other side of him is is who? I mean, Emmanuel Mosley was supposed to be that guy. He played like two snaps this year and he's done. Brent, that is although like that D line for me, I'm like, yeah, they they do they could use somebody. They absolutely could use somebody else there. But these cornerbacks, Will Harris is getting torched. Like, and Jerry Jacobs is like he has his games, but like I'm really concerned about that the other side of the football there. And I know you've heard Patrick Sertain and that like that possibility. Um I don't know what it takes to go and get a guy like that, but that to me is almost like a, a higher priority to, to to get that other side um outside of Sutton figured out. Because right now, man, it, it is ugly. It is. And if you're going to compete for a Super Bowl, com- compete for the NFC this year, it ain't going to be with Will Harris out there doing what he's been doing. I feel like his time as a Lion has got to be coming up soon. Dave, I agree with you 100%. I, I don't think that this the secondary with Will Harris can it can survive much longer. But how many times do we talk about a Super Bowl run? What gets you there better than a better secondary, Dave, right? We always talk about rushing the passer and, and how those turnovers can happen like that. So 
that's why I think the bigger need is there. Although to your point, I do like when you talk about getting James Houston back, some of that comes back. And I mean, he will be back this season. Um, but I don't know how much longer you can survive. Like I know the schedule is not great and stuff like that, but it just, it makes me nervous that you go out and get a Pat Sertain and guess what? Your secondary still has holes when you might as well try to have the absolute best defensive line you can kind of have and go 07 Giants on them. You know, that's just kind of where my mind goes, Dave. Yeah, no, I I agree. Um, Next position I just want to talk about real quick is um, something or nothing in terms of like Jameer Gibbs. I know you got to see him finally like make a play, take off, get his touchdown, all of that. Um, I don't know how you felt, Brand. I wanted to know your thoughts because – I did not love, uh, even before the game, Dan Campbell's comments on how they were going to use Jameer Gibbs, which was basically like, we understand Monty is out. That's that's a huge blow to our team. But look, Jameer Gibbs is going to step right into that same role. And he was even pushed by some reporters to say like, so you want to use him basically like exactly like you use Monty. And he's like, yeah, like we believe he can be that guy. And I just do not think that Gibbs is that guy. He is not built to to run between the tackles like that. And I think he's being asked to do something that it's just not his skill set. He's good enough to make some plays here and there. But does that worry you at all? I mean, I know Monty, he will be back. He will be back. Um, but moving forward with this running game, which when Monty is healthy, this is like the heart of your team. Like, that running game made Jared Goff's life easier. Like, that offense is, uh, you know, a, definitely a top 10 offense, potentially a top 5 offense. Concerned at all about the, the run game and how they're using Jameer Gibbs. Dave, I am very concerned. Have you watched the Miami Dolphins play, Dave? Do they run Devin A-Chain through the gaps? <laughs> Do they run him through the tackles? Absolutely not. He's not built for that. Like, he's in certain packages that they bring in, and guess what? Mike McDaniel, as a running game coordinator, he's figured it out. Jameer Gibbs is that weapon. Like, he is that dude that goes in motion, gets through the end cut, and he's on the edge. Like, that's just where they need to go with him. And I understand David Montgomery being out, it, it's a killer. It absolutely is. But you got a guy like Craig Reynolds, he's not going to blow anyone's top off. I get that as well. But I don't think running Gibbs into the line 15, 20 times a game is healthy either, Dave. And honestly, I think it plays to his psyche. That's not who he wants to be. He wants to be A-Chain. He wants to be Alvin Kamara. He wants to be those dudes. You know, he wants to have seven receptions, maybe seven carries. But carries that are on the edge or trying to get to the edge. Like, I, he doesn't want to be the guy that's running between the tackles. I completely agree. Nothing else to add on that. I just wanted to know where your where your head was at with that. It's like it almost seems like square peg round hole. Like it's not it's not working. Um, he's a talented player. It's, you got to put him in a position to to be successful. Uh, Brant, last one here. Um, before we just c- kind of quickly talk about the the upcoming Raiders game and and just wrap put we'll put a bow on this Ravens game and we will certainly move on. Jamison Williams. I know. I feel like we talk about talk about him literally every week on the podcast. He was the lowest graded player on the Lions roster in Pro Football Focus this past game. Him and Goff just are not on the same page. They keep preaching time. 
reps. That Lions fans are split. Some are totally like, I'm done with J-Mo. Like, I don't know if they want to trade him, but like, I'm done with him. We are fine without him type of a... But there's a whole other pocket of the, the Lion fan base that's like, look, he just let him get into the system. Let him get reps. He will be okay. Let him build chemistry with Goff. I know he had the touchdown the week before. We were singing his praises, and he tracked that ball down out of the sky. But, man, another game this past weekend where not only was he he non, non-existent, he was arguably troublesome for the offense. And so, Brant, where are you at in uh, the Jamison Williams debate? Are you in the camp of just give him more time and more reps? He's he can He's going to be really good? Or are you like... Dude, I'm I'm done with JMO at this point till I till he proves otherwise. Dave, I'm sorry, but I'm gonna have to ride the fence on this one. Like, I don't think you can change much from what you're doing right now. You're not gonna give him more reps. I, I, but I'm not done with him either. Like, I need you to stay focused. I need you when you are in there to be laser focused and doing being in the right spot at the right time. And you can tell Jared Goff is frustrated at times with him. Like he has physical fr- frustrations with him, and I think the coaching staff does as well. And you you and I are not inside the locker room. This is not the type of show where we have insider information. We don't know anything like that. But I, you and I both question what's going on between the ears because he continues to do boneheaded things or not to be in the right place at the right time. And physical talent, Dave, this is the NFL. It's not always going to take you where you want to go. I, everybody's a dude out here, okay? So understand that. And I think he's learning the hard way, like, hey, the film sessions, they have to be done. The blocking, it's got to be better. You want to see the field time, you know how you've got to earn it out here. So I think when you watch, even when you watch guys like that were playing for the Ravens, he wouldn't play for them right now. Like, Zay Flowers is miles above him, Dave. And that's sad because, like, Zay Flowers is a talented dude. I don't know if he's J-Mo talented, but... He sure as heck made the Lions look silly on Sunday, didn't he, Dave? And, I mean, this is a kid from Boston College. He didn't get the offers from Alabama. Like, he's a go-getter. I'm on Ross St. Brown. Same thing. And that dude's in your locker room. That's a dude you can take advice from. Like, get it together is what I want to say. I, I, I'm i right there with you. I, I, I'm kind of on the fence, too, with this. I asked the question because I'm in the camp of, like, look, you don't give up on a guy you traded up to get that high and clearly believed in. You just don't give up this many games into to his career. I'll continue to be patient, but Brant, you named one of the guys. There were two guys that I wanted to, to uh, as I was thinking about asking this question, one was Zay Flowers, who has, what, five, six games under his belt, similar you know, maybe a few more reps than, than JMO. Zay Flowers is doing it. You already know Zay Flowers is going to be that dude in, in, in that offense. Brant Jordan Addison, you saw him Monday night football against arguably the best defense in the league. Out, Justin Jefferson goes down. They don't miss a beat. Jordan Addison was that dude. And so my question is, JMO was supposed to be that dude, and maybe he still will be. But Brant, we're almost a year and a half in. Now, I know that's unfair to say because the rehabbing, the ACL injury, the suspension, all of the stuff, I'm aware, the the injury during this year's preseason, I get all of that. 
but it is kind of concerning to me that he's not showing flashes yet of being that dude. So am I out on him? No, I'm not. Um, but I'm a, I'm a little bit more cautious about this thing really working out. So we will, we will see, um, Brant, before we get into the, into the betting segment here, uh, I think I will speak for both of us when I say Lions fans, settle down. It was one game. You don't need to hit the panic button. And I don't think everybody is, but there's a certain part of the fan base, right, that goes right down this. They go right right down the old pathway of uh, SOL. Just when we thought that they were going to be good, they go out and they were the Lions. Like, no, be, be done with that. Be gone with that. That's not that team. Uh, not these guys. I'm not buying into that narrative at all. I think it was one game. Even great teams lose games like this. They do. And I think Dan Campbell's right. I think you can get a lot better from this, and there's a lot of hope and optimism moving forward with this team. So I want to just chill everybody out on that front. Um, Brant, actually, let, I'll, I'll tell you what. Let's shift into the betting segment. We'll talk about the Raiders and Lions when we when we get there as we're up against it with time here. All right, Dave, um, let's go right into it. Oregon heading to Utah this weekend. Uh, Basically, Pac-12 kind of on the line here. We talked about all these matchups are coming due. Utah favored or getting six and a half points at home. I love Utah, man. I I, I do. Um, I I think in that it's a home game too, plus six and a half. I think this is going to be a really close game. I do. I think Utah could could really potentially win this game too. I, I will take Utah plus six and a half. What about you? I'll be on the other side, Dave. I think Utah coming off that huge win. Uh, Oregon coming to town off a bye week. I like Oregon here. Uh, so uh, Ohio State traveling to Wisconsin. Wisconsin, yeah, just an interesting team. I'll leave it at that. 14 and a half at home. Uh, I don't, I, I don't think Wisconsin's very good. I don't. Um, I think Ohio State covers fourteen and a half points, and I don't know. I, I just, I don't have a lot of faith in Wisconsin, especially after they lost to Iowa. It's all, I, I don't know. I just can't erase that game from my head. Yeah, it's really bad, Dave, because I feel like this one feels like an under, much like Ohio State, Penn State. Like I don't think Ohio State lights up the scoreboard here. I like Ohio State to cover the 14 and a half, maybe by 17. So give me Ohio State as well. All right, Rams at Cowboys. The Rams losing to the Steelers last weekend. That was a really weird game. Cowboys coming off the bye. Do you like them to cover the six and a half at home, Dave? I do not. Nope. I will take the the Rams plus six and a half. I don't trust I, I don't trust this Cowboys team and I, I think that uh the Rams are certainly good enough to, to keep it within six and a half, especially now having Cooper Cup back too. Puka Nakua still doing his thing, man. Who do you got? Is there anything special about this Cowboys secondary? I really don't think there is, Dave. And I will take the Rams to keep it closer than six and a half. So I'm riding with you on the Rams. All right, Bengals at 49ers. 49ers with whatever happened last night, happened last night to the 49ers. Uh, so 49ers favored by five and a half at home. 49ers have kind of slipped up recently. Yep. Um, Correct. You know, I, I think that uh, 
Brock Purdy, I don't know. He's I don't average. know. He, He's he average. Gage would tell you the same thing. I was talking with him today. I... He's looking real average. He is. And I don't know if that is something or nothing. But it seems like it's something. And if it's Brock Purdy, especially the Brock Purdy that I've seen recently up against Joe Burrow, who I know the Bengals are having a down year. I'm going to ride with the Bengals here, plus five and a half. Um, we'll see if this uh, Niners team can can get this thing back on, on track. I do think that they're elite. I mean... CMC is just a different different type of dude and a different type of weapon to have. But, man, I don't know. Is the Brock Purdy factor? It's like the Dak Prescott factor. No, I'm not trying to put Brock Purdy in that same box. But, like, I don't know. I really don't know what to say about him right now. And he may limit the ceiling of that Niners team. Possibly. Dave, for our younger listeners out there, average means mid. I believe that's right. Right, Dave? That would be sure. correct? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Thank you. Okay. Brockford's mid. Got it. All right. Yeah. I am going to roll with the Bengals as well. I think the five and a half is a great number. Just give me the points, please, in this game. All right. Raiders at Lions. Monday night, Dave. Monday night football will be in town. Lions favored by eight and a half. Large number. Yeah, that's a that is a large number. Um, the Raiders are are the the Raiders are bad. <laughs> yeah. All right. You you stole my stole my thunder. The Raiders are bad. The Lions coming off an embarrassing loss. They're back at home. Monday night football. Man, I just have so much. I have not lost an ounce of confidence in this team and in Dan Campbell. I really haven't. So I will take them to cover eight and a half. I think the Lions are. They really have shown up, um, you know, when 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 the lights are on, even in a small a small sample size this year, and the entire nation is watching. Man, I just I do I think there's something about them being America's team. I think America is pulling for the Lions. I think on a Monday Night Football stage, I think they're going to ball out. I do. I I will take the Lions to to cover eight and a half. I love it. Give me the eight and a half. I will eat the points. Give them to me, whatever. I don't care if this thing was nine and a half, ten and a half. Like, I think they win this thing by two touchdowns. So, give me the Lions as well, Dave. Okay. Uh, lock of the week. Uh, I got the Cardinals this weekend, plus eight and a half. Um, all I put on there was Cardinals. I can't remember who they're playing off the top of my head. But go ahead and take the Cardinals eight and a half. <laughs> Okay. You don't have to look Does, it up, Dave. It's fine. Doesn't doesn't matter. You want you want the Cardinals? No, because because yeah. now now I have to look. So Cardinals are playing the Ravens. Ooh, ooh, the okay. Ravens. Oh, no, okay. I, I did I did like that because the Ravens have to travel out through the desert. They're coming off a high. Card, dude, the Cardinals are not that bad of a football team. Whatever Josh Dobbs was in his previous life, like he's reformed now. Like he's okay. He's he's mid. He's another mid-quarterback. Stop saying that word. Okay. All right. On on that note, uh, we are out of here. Thank you for sticking with us here on Garage Takes. Uh, make sure that you like, follow, subscribe to the podcast, and wherever that may be, Apple, Spotify, Google, you name it. We greatly appreciate your support. And please, please, please head over to that Garage Takes YouTube channel and hit that subscribe button. We greatly appreciate it. We'll see you guys next time.
by Riverside. Pushing the YouTube 